Welcome to the Marketing AI Show, the podcast that helps your business grow smarter by making artificial intelligence approachable and actionable. You'll hear from top authors, entrepreneurs, researchers, and executives as they share case studies, strategies, and technologies that have the power to transform your business and your career. My name is Paul Reitzer. I'm the founder of Marketing AI Institute, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us for episode 17 of the Marketing AI Show. Before we get started, I want to take a moment, as always, to tell you about our show sponsor, AI Advertising. AI Advertising is the first campaign performance platform that closes the loop, eliminates guesswork, and connects advertising investments to sales revenue. They leverage zero, first, and third-party data to identify customer segments and predict winning creative. Their automated design tools easily scale multiple versions for all ad formats and channels, while the sophisticated measurement capabilities provide user-level analytics that continually drive creative optimization and performance. AI advertising is shifting the paradigm, leveraging AI to fuse marketer and machine, something we talk a lot about. Learn more at AIadvertising.com. Now on to episode 17. And I am joined today again by Mike Caput, our Chief Content Officer at Marketing Eye Institute and my co-author for the upcoming book, Marketing Artificial Intelligence, AI, Marketing, and the Future of Business. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Great to be back. Thanks. We're getting good, man. What is it, four, four or five in a row? I, don't, I know. I think, it's, I think it's four. It's a month. We did it. We made it. We made a month. Like we're it's locked in. It's like getting to the gym. You get there like four <laughs> times in one week and you're, you're like back in the groove. So we are, we are back at it. Uh, so today's going to be, uh, usually what we do is we just talk, Mike and I, once a week, talk about big ideas, news, trends, something going on. But for the next couple of months, I guess, if we think about this, we're going to start drilling into to content from our book. So the book comes out June 28th. It's available for pre-order now. You can check it out, marketingaibook.com. But the way the book is structured is we start off with the big picture, telling the story of Microsoft and Amazon and Google and their work in AI over the last couple of decades and sort of how that's parlayed into the innovation we're seeing today in language and vision technology. Um, gets into language, vision, and prediction. It gets into like how to get started with AI. But the middle part of the book is the piloting AI section. And what we did there is we took 10 key categories within marketing, so like advertising, communications, e-commerce, social media, data and analytics, on and on. And we dedicated a chapter of the book to each of those. So if you're in advertising, there is an AI and advertising or advertising and AI chapter of the book. Same with e-commerce and content marketing, all these others. And so what we thought would be interesting is to just take an episode, each episode for the next 10 episodes and drill into each of those areas. So today is AI and advertising. And so Mike has written a ton of the content for us um, on these topics over the years. We started the blog in 2016. So we've published, I, I don't know about last guy, like eight, 900, articles on artificial intelligence, many of them category specific or related to specific areas of marketing so that if someone was reading and they do advertising there, there's things that resonate with them. So we try to kind of cover this AI and strategies is what we call it. Um, so the AI for advertising pillar page. So the way we think about our content is, you know, we have pillar pages and then off of that, like that's the main page and it tends to be what Mike, like 1500 to 3000 words. It's like a yeah. robust covering of a topic. 
And then it splits off into like tools and technologies, use cases, case studies, expert profiles. So we kind of follow a, a topic clustering strategy with our blog, I think is safe to say. And maybe one of these days we'll do a, a podcast about our content strategy. Um, but the AI for advertising page has over 35,000 views in the last two years, which in, in our site, we get about 24, 25,000 visitors a month to the site. So with 35,000 views makes it probably in the top 10, I would imagine pages on, on the site. So we know that there's a lot of interest in this area. So it, it was kind of natural, not only to build it into the book, but to uh, do an episode dedicated to it. So again, if you're interested in content marketing, e-commerce, social media, communications, uh, SEO, there's going to be upcoming episodes on each of those. So just keep coming back each week if you're interested in those topics. Um, what we want to do today is, is really just big picture, explore what is going on in advertising, what are the opportunities for AI to make it more efficient, to unlock creativity. And so to do that, I want to kind of turn it over to Mike to get us started, because again, he's written a lot of the content on this and just say like, what is going on in advertising today? What are the opportunities that we're seeing for AI? And you know, what are some of them will kind of drill into like the use case and technology. So Mike, give us the high level, what's going on? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think AI is really fundamental to advertising today. You know, like you said, we cover all sorts of different um, categories and pillars in marketing from content marketing to sales, SEO, what have you. Uh, advertising is really, in my mind, one of the top areas that AI is not only useful, but essential. And the reason for that is because today's advertising already runs on AI. So we all know that advertising, digital advertising has changed from how we used to advertise in the past. But what's changed even since digital started becoming the predominant form of advertising is that the volume of advertising content and the speed at which advertisers must reach uh, consumers in moments that can be, you know, only seconds on a mobile app, on a website, what have you. This requires AI to power it. I mean, every programmatic ad exchange, every social media site that allows you to advertise, they all rely almost exclusively on machine learning to do everything from placing an ad in front of a user to regulating bids in real time to even some of them have started offering suggestions on ad copy, on audience segments, and on how to structure your ad to reach the most people in the best way possible. So, you know, Meta, Facebook, Amazon, Google, any of these people all use machine learning to serve ads programmatically. Any of the third-party exchanges also use AI already. So on the kind of um, infrastructure side, AI is everywhere in advertising. But I think what a lot of marketers might not always understand immediately is that in order to deal with that volume of content and the volume of data generated by 24-7 real-time advertising at scale, which is what digital advertising is today, you also should be thinking about, and honestly, you probably need some form of artificial intelligence to really uh, keep up, so to speak. I mean, it's hard enough uh, creating a few different ad variations and, um, you know, setting budgets, creating campaign plans. I mean, there's plenty of human specialists out there that do advertising reasonably well, but it's not at scale and it's not at the speed or the velocity that today's advertising demands. I mean, once you get beyond a handful of different 
ad creatives, audiences across a few different platforms, this starts growing into exponential amounts of variations in your advertising. And frankly, it's just impossible for a human to manage. So humans have a very serious limit when it comes to doing advertising well. And I think as more and more people start using smarter technology in their advertising, it's like, how can you even compete against a larger company or a smaller company using AI with just a human team. So we see, you know, today, tons of advertising use cases um, for AI. So it does everything from, you know, creating ads is a huge one. There's AI out there we've talked about that can write ads for you, that can create ad creative for you. Um, There's systems out there that will actually predict which ads will work before you launch them, which is pretty incredible using the past performance of your campaigns or other campaigns that it has access to. And there's even uh, certain AI systems will actually automatically kind of optimize budgets, audiences, and performance so that you kind of, you don't necessarily put your advertising on autopilot, but it's essentially a machine understanding what the machines on the other end of the transaction Uh, want and need in order to succeed at advertising. So there's really just a ton of innovation in the space. There's a ton of use cases people are doing with AI in advertising. Yeah, a couple of things jumped out to me as you were, you know, talking. The, The one is just that idea that it's already infused. Like if you're buying ads on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Google, you're, you're being affected by AI by the machine learning algorithms that are deciding, you know, what shows up and when and who it's targeted to and things like that. Uh, even to the example of or Facebook, any page managers out there have seen it like, hey, run this ad. They, they, yeah. they create the ad for you. There's not hundreds of Facebook employees sitting there, around, you know, designing ads. They can just use their AI to, to whip these things up and then they can build predictive models of what's going to work and how likely you are to buy the ad and run the ad and things like that. Like, AI is just everywhere within the ad space. So even if you don't go find AI tools, your a basic understanding of how this stuff works still is almost required to do what you do. The other thing that comes to mind, and, and this is real for us, again, we're, the Institute is a five-person company. Uh, my agency that I sold last year, we were about 15 employees or so. And we had clients in a lot of different industries that didn't have $50,000 a month budgets. They may have 5,000 a month or 500 a month. Like they, they weren't, um, you know, spending enough that we could either justify building a paid practice internally. It wasn't a core competency of ours or the outside partners we would try and bring in to help drive leads. You know, we create all this content and then we need paid to, to drive leads to it. Um, they wouldn't touch anything under 10 or 20,000 a month in ad spend. And so you have all these small and medium-sized businesses across the country or world that where, where do you go for help? And so we looked at, like, we used to use WordStream was one, and, and they've since actually, I, I think, taken away the self-service version of it. And now you have to work with their consultants, unfortunately. But we used to use WordStream because it was using some machine learning to basically make recommendations to our team that would improve ads. And so we had people who were not ad specialists who were managing ad campaigns and we went and found a tool that could give those people the ability to, to be way more effective at managing ad campaigns and not have to go spend six months doing a bunch of training and get a certification. 
And so like, that's another fundamental reason of why this stuff becomes so critical is many businesses don't have the luxury of having specialists who know this stuff cold. Now, Mike does a lot of ad spent for us and, and Kathy, you know, our chief growth officer, she also manages a lot of the ad campaigns. But even I, like, I'm constantly thinking like, man, there's got to be better tools for what we're doing. Like there's better yeah. ad targeting tools, better scaling of creative. Um, and I want to, you know, talk about these use cases. But one of the things I thought about is, you know, we very early on with our trying to understand and explain AI, we came with this five P's of AI, this planning, production, personalization, promotion, and performance. And you can kind of think about AI for advertising that way, all the ways you can use AI to plan better, to better allocate your budget, to produce the content, to personalize it and target it at those levels, then to like run the actual ads and management, and then to manage the performance and find the insight. So at like a, a macro level, if you just think about everything that goes into running an effective ad campaign and how much like inefficiency probably exists right now, or how much better you could do it we all don't have the staff to do it, especially now in the current economy. Like you're not going to be able to go out and spend all this money and hire all these people. So yeah. And then, and then the other one is, you know, just the, the realm of where this can all go. I mean, we're going to talk about some really practical use cases here, but just like some bigger ideas, like synthetic actors and you just, it's going with Dolly. Like we looked at Dolly and, and Google just came out with Imagine, their version in essence of Dolly 2 this week that can create images on the fly. It's like, well, we need stock photography in the future. Like if you're an ad creative and you're spending part of your time trying to find photos, are you going to be able to just tell the machine, Hey, can you create someone for me at the Cleveland convention center, uh, watching a conference, wearing an astronaut outfit? Like, I don't know, like you're just going to say whatever you want and the thing's just going to create the image for you. So it's, it's just, it's such a fascinating space and so much money obviously is spent in advertising, um, within the marketing realm. It's, it's just a massive part of the budget. So. Um, yeah. 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 It's crazy to me. I, you know, I think there's like a really, uh, common quote in marketing that it's like a hundred years old, I'm pretty sure, but it's like, um, you know, I, it's something to the effect of, um, my advertising works. I just don't know which half of it works. Yeah. And that's my budget like, works. Right, right. Right. So. I'm actually pretty surprised that more brands that advertise are not even touching AI because honestly, I don't know at scale, like how you would do it. I assume they have very large paid, paid or programmatic teams. Um, and maybe it works well enough. But when I look at some of the use cases, like, you know, for instance, allocating advertising budget, sure. I know how to do that. I'm sure that a team of experts knows how to do that far better than me, but artificial intelligence could literally allocate that budget in real time. I mean, how much waste is out there? How much performance is being left on the table, even when your ads do work and half the time, if not more, they don't. I remember a couple of years ago. So Albert, I know is a, a tech company that we talk about in the book and I, they've since been acquired, um, I think sometime late last year, but I was in their New York offices a few years back, pre pandemics so was probably like 2018 and they were showing me the platform, you know, at the time. 2018, there, there wasn't actually that much real AI tech. Like you, you were hearing AI from a lot of vendors or they were starting to talk about their AI capabilities, but we would like drill in or ask questions and you realize like, okay, there's not, not a hell of a lot to this product yet. They just have some ideas. And I sat down and looked at Albra. I was like, holy cow. Like you really started to understand. It's like, okay, you got like, let's say you're a big enterprise and you're spending 50,000 a month 
how in the world does a human manage that ad spend where you could be buying ads in thousands of places, tens of thousands of places you could be placing ads. So you got 50 K a month and you're maybe across six different channels. And the human is supposed to somehow each day, look at the performance across all of those channels and allocate budget on the fly to the channel that is delivering the greatest value. So what Albert was showing was something like 30,000 iterations in a month that basically the AI, you would upload the creative, here's sample headlines, sample images, sample body copy, sample offer, mash it up. The AI would run hundreds or thousands of variations of those things. So the human still did the creative, but the machine would mix and match the creative and find out what was working and in which channels and with which segments, and which target audience within those segments. And it would dynamically move the dollars around potentially while you were sleeping. And like, now you come back in and you're down to two channels, but you're honed in on these very specific targets with these three versions of the ad. And I was sitting there like, humans can't even do this. It's not replacing the need for humans. And so it's just dramatically augmenting what we would do. We would spend the 50 K one way or the other, but now the machine is there helping us do this at astronomically hard to fathom levels. And that's one of the ones where I was like, oh my gosh, like it's just doing something we couldn't have done without the human and machine together. And so that's the, the budget ad budget alone to me was one of the early things that just convinced me of the potential within advertising. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too. Albert came up when we were researching the book because we talked a few years ago with a company, I think it was out of Australia. Yeah. They basically sold like, imagine like Groupon for travel experiences. They were like, okay, within Australia or New Zealand, um, here's a 50% off coupon for like an adventure or a hike or hang gliding, whatever. And the founder of that company did everything you just mentioned with Albert, but then there was also this really crazy story she had about how Albert, since it was just following data, saw that a huge segment of people were buying. So it allocated more ads towards them because the ads were working. But these were a segment of customers that the company didn't know it had. Um, it was someone that they had not even considered advertising to. So that's kind of the crazy thing. We're not even just talking about like speed and scale of what we do already as humans. We're also talking about opening up, I think, some really interesting capabilities that just completely were impossible before. Now, what are some other use cases? I know one that I, I always liked is... Um... Was it Seltra? Was that the company yeah. we did the AI in action with? So you create an ad in one variation and then rather than the human having to now crop images and adjust it to fit the dimensions of a different channel, the AI, you just feed it all the dimensions and it automatically goes in and makes all the adjustments, changes fonts, changes images, moves them around, crops things. And so you can take one ad in theory and create a hundred variations on the fly. Like that's just a, it's like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. If that's what you do all day is sit around creating ad variations, you can immediately see the value of that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, also a pretty cool one, you know, that, and you had mentioned it obviously in, uh, the beginning of the podcast is, you know, our partners, AI advertising, um, yeah. one of their stories that I really liked that they had, um, they, this is actually a really interesting use of even advertising that I didn't even think of is that they basically, so they do something similar to like an Albert where they optimize, uh, use AI to optimize your ad campaigns. And 
they worked with like a equipment distributor to run ads um, that were personalized to appeal to top candidates for open positions at the uh, equipment manufacturer. And this was further back before there were so many problems with hiring people even. And they were actually able to like lower their cost per hire by about 20%. And they were able to influence like almost half the people that ended up signing on were influenced by the ads. And the reason they were is because AI was able to actually uh, mix and match creative messaging, what have you, to appeal to different types of people and to use whatever message would resonate most. Yeah. And th there is a, we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, Kevin Myers, the CEO did a really cool AI in action webinar where he actually showed us the behind the scenes of the platform. And that's, what's interesting about what they're building is the vision Kevin had and what their team had is to build a platform across all these use cases. So, so often with AI, you're buying a narrow feature, you know, somebody who's built something to do a very specific thing. Cause that's what AI is trained to do is very specific tasks. But if you have a vision to build a larger platform where AI is infused into all these different stages, then all of a sudden you can actually do your planning, your budget allocation, your targeting of audiences, persona building, uh, ad creative and testing, performance and insights. You can look at the totality and that's what, you know, they're, they're focused on building is kind of this all in one solution. Um, but a, another one I know you've mentioned is Persado, Mike, and they're, yep. they're another one of our partners, but, um, it was a Vanguard that they yep. did a case study with. Yep. Yeah. They did, um, Vanguard, which is, uh, if you don't know, like one of the world's largest investment firms, um, basically it faced a really unique challenge to their industry. So obviously financial services is pretty regulated and they were really regulated about what they could and couldn't say in ads. So basically that's why I think a lot of financial services ads are really boring is, and all seem the same as because you can't differentiate because you can't do a lot of things that you would normally do. Now, Persado has really incredible AI technology that actually personalizes uh, messages in each ad or, you know, social media post to resonate most with each individual consumer based on what uh, the system knows about them. And so Vanguard was actually able to do that to just, you know, almost micro or hyper personalize these ads and uh, use that as a way to develop a competitive advantage, even though they couldn't really, you know, uh, think outside the box with the actual ad itself. And they actually raised their conversion rates by about 15% doing that. So it was pretty incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, a recurring theme people will hear, they listen to us or read our stuff is personalization and prediction. Those are words you just come out of our mouths all the time because it, this, in the, in the end, like that's largely what AI is doing, especially in these cases, you're trying to personalize down to an individual level, whether it's the content you create or the ads you run or the social media shares, the, the, the sales outreach, whatever it is, you're trying to understand that individual and then tailor to them. And AI helps you do that at scale. And then the prediction is prediction of anything, anywhere where you can have inputs like data going in and a, and a desired output, like a prediction you're trying to make, like customer churn, customer acquisition, um, conversion rates, click-through rates, open rates, whatever it may be, AI helps you make much better predictions. And then the machine learns from the data itself. So it can reallocate budget and move it across channels because it's learning in real time and evolving what it does. It doesn't need a human to write rules to tell it what to do. And that's the real key of the machine learning side is being able to make better predictions and more predictions. 
Yeah, I think what's really interesting about that too is that, you know, I, I'm sure there are plenty of marketers out there that say, okay, this sounds really great. Uh, we definitely could use this, but, you know, maybe next quarter, maybe we need a couple more people on staff or, we, you know, we just don't have time for this right now. It's like, that's a valid uh, concern, but it's like going back to that Persado example, how would you compete with somebody using this tool if you are manually doing all of this? You can't, it's not even close. It's like, I, I almost think it's like people need to realize that some of this marketing AI technology out there is almost an arms race. Like you need to adopt this because if you do not, your competitors will. And there's just no contest by the end of the day, if they're able to hyper-personalize ads to millions of people and you're sitting there in a meeting trying to come up for a week with like three different creative variations, like I just don't think it's going to work. Yeah. I, I mean, no offense to, you know, the people who've made their career do an ad creative like it's an art form like it's yep. but sometimes you just need to test a lot of variations and you, to your point that like you spent a month or three months coming up with that perfect tagline and the perfect creative and the perfect visuals and then what if it doesn't work another three months so it's what it's doing in, in if you listen to the lost and gained episode we talked about what's lost as ai takes you know an increasing role in this knowledge worker economy and what's gained like you still can be an ad creative you can still be a creative director you may just have the ai create variations for you so rather than you sitting in a room for three months and, and developing these things maybe the AI does it for three minutes and spits out 50 variations but you then curate that stuff and, and you use your intuition and experience to say, what's the most interesting thing here? Which one might resonate? Which one might motivate? Which one triggers the emotions I'm looking for? And the AI is your assistant that may enable you to do way more work, but actually maybe in, enjoy it more. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a creative director. I'm not an ad person. I, I took media buying in college and enjoyed it, but that's about the extent of my advertising world. It's not a world I've lived in extensively, but you know, we, we touched a lot on it and we work with partners that specialized in it. And, um, you know, I do, I do think that the advertising world has probably been as affected by AI as any category, going back to your point about programmatic advertising, buy side, sell side, like the stuff's been infused in for probably the last 10 years in a growing way. It's the creative side to me, that is the new realm where there's a lot of unknowns. There aren't that many people using it on the creative side yet. But I think it's going to quickly work its way into um, ad creative, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that people are really ready for that. I don't, I don't know that there's too many people who are embracing it yet and finding the new opportunities within it. But I do think that it's going to change things. There, there's a video. I'll, I'll put a link to this. But uh, Perry Nightingale, who's the head of creative AI at WPP, he has this like 20 minute talk. It's like sitting in his bedroom. Like this isn't some crazy TED talk or anything. He's just sitting there talking. About the future of AI. And it's a really powerful, like 20 minute talk because he talks not only about like the, uh, talks about the environment to start. He like tells the story of how, Hey, to do a photo shoot, like a big photo shoot for a, a 60 second or a 30 second TV spot, you would send like 15 or 20 people on site. You would scour the locations. You would do all this stuff. 
And so you're, you're flying there, you're, you know, taking cars to places. So now we just send a drone, send a single person with a drone. They use the drone and maybe they use LIDAR and they like map the thing. And then they bring that back and they simulate the environment. And, and then they can actually like film some of the stuff in front of a green screen and then use the simulated environment. It was just like, like, I wasn't even thinking of this stuff. (laughs) And here they are doing things that are at this whole other level. So I, I do think that the big ad agencies, like the big dollars, and certainly in the media entertainment industry, they're using AI in ways that would blow the minds of most business people. And like the average B2B ad person who's maybe just like, you know, we're not doing this high scale production value stuff, but it's playing an increasing role on the creative. And I think that's a really fascinating area to pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, it's getting really crazy out there. And yeah, I don't mean to scare people about jobs and things. It's just, you really do need to start paying attention because it is moving so, so fast. So to kind of, well, let's real quick, any other tech tools we want to recommend people check out? I know you did a, on LinkedIn, I'm looking at it now. You did a a couple of days ago, but you had 26, you made a list of like, Hey, here's a bunch of AI or ad tools. Were there any on that list that jumped out to you or any responses you got from people that were like ones we should check out? Yeah, a couple jumped out to me um, as worth kind of exploring. Um, I would say, so a company called Nextroll, which I, I assume people have heard of because they own AdRoll, which a ton of marketers use. I think that's a really interesting example um, because it literally says on their homepage, you know, here machine learning is essentially baked into every part of that tool. And that yeah. can kind of, you know, they're not going to say, hey, we have AI for this. They say, look, we are a machine learning powered uh, ad retargeting platform. So I think that was an interesting one in terms of seeing how this stuff is infused in everything. Um, there's another, uh, company that looked really cool called Blipar, B-L-I-P-P-A-R, maybe Blip A-R. Um, basically they create, they help you really quickly create augmented reality, um, objects, advertisements, campaigns. So some of the videos on their site are really crazy. Um, I'm at right now, want, want to yeah. augment reality. Yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. is blip AR then. No, it's yeah. blip par. I don't know. <laughs> That's not true. Sure. We talk about the branding. But cool. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but uh, it basically, this is really cool because look, I mean, I guess AR is no nothing new though it probably is advancing at a, a really fast pace, but it just makes it easier for you to do something like AR. It's lowering the cost and democratizing this really interesting uh, next phase of what you can do. Which is a really important, important point. Like if you're at Adobe, if you're, if you're in this world, like Adobe is, you know, one of the leaders in, in being able to do creative, using AI to power creative. Um, but because of all these rapid innovations, this stuff is becoming accessible to the rest of us. And so to your point, like two, three years ago, could I have gone in and tried to experiment with AI to power creative? Probably not, like unless I had the most powerful tools out there. And now all of a sudden things like Dolly 2 and Imagine from Google and whatever else spins off from that, like sometime in 2022, we as marketers may be able to go create our own photos and illustrations and designs by just prompting with text. And 
It could get infused into ads. It could get infused into copy. It could be used anywhere. It's like, think about that. Like that's real or, or giving text to create video. Like that's the next step. Okay. Now, like, let's go from text to image to text to video. And now I just say something and it's created in video. Like that is not that far off. That may, that may sound crazy to people, but I would be shocked if people aren't working on that right now. Like it, it's, it's probably achievable in the next couple of years. Yeah. I think we'll probably have to have like a, a AI agencies podcast at some point, because yeah. that's the immediate based on our background. I'm like, whoa, if a client could just do that, that good yeah, to that. What they need me for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, just to wrap this part up here, there's one other I want to mention. I will preface this by saying I literally have just gone on the website. I do not have any affiliation or know any of these, uh, these people, but mm -hmm. it's called Real Eyes. And what it does is it uses AI to measure human attention and emotion in response to advertising, which sounds just kind of wild to me, but basically, you know, facial recognition is able to test out, are your ads working? I, I would fully assume that, you know, this is more in like a focus group setting. I, right? I would hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> this is you. on everyone's computer. Um, but it, what's also really cool is as I was on their website, so that's, a really crazy use case where you're optimizing ads by actually registering in real time where my eyes are tracking, what my emotions are. Uh, that's just in the, so futuristic to me. But like, again, it's one of those things, as long as it's being used ethically in a focus group, it's like, if your competition is using something like that, like how do you even come close manually? Um, but one other thing they mentioned, which is cool, is that they actually advertise uh, on their homepage that they have the world's most accurate emotion classification system enabled by the largest culturally sensitive AI training set, which kind of speaks to the importance of bias and data in AI, because I know there's been a litany of stories about and complaints about facial recognition, especially because it is uh, sometimes biased towards different people, of different races and registers them as a angrier or more upset than others. So I just thought that was uh, really interesting there. They kind of get in front of that, but yeah, yeah it's it, just some wild stuff out there. Yeah. And that's, you know, we could do multiple episodes on the bias stuff, but in, in essence, the thing to understand if you're not familiar is AI is trained on data sets. And if it's fed data of largely one race, then it, it's not going to know how the other race reacts or looks or things like that. So it, it's, you have to know how it's trained to do what it does. You may buy a tool that claims to do something, but then if you dig in and realize like, oh, it was trained on a really limited data set and there's no way this is inclusive of the kinds of audience that we reach and influence with our brand, then that it's, it's probably not gonna be very valuable to you. But most marketers wouldn't have the first clue to, to even ask those questions or like, you know, drill into the data sets. But yeah, and we, I mean, we have, plenty of experts that, you know, we lean on for that kind of stuff. I mean, that's not me and Mike, that's not our expertise, you know, in terms of our domain. Um, but that's where we turn to people for our Macon conference, the marketing AI conference, and for, you know, the book and for online education, like, we'll just turn to the experts and be like, hey, what do we need to know? Like, how can we prepare people, um, for the, for the things that may be coming around the corner that they need to be thinking about as brands and as advertisers and marketers. For sure. Um, the one other one that I just, because we've done an AI in action, them is one screen. So they're, yes. they're, they're a sponsor of ours. Um, one of our other partners. Um, and again, like Mike said, sometimes people we talk about are partners and we always disclose this, like 
we just tend to know them better because we, we usually see the platforms and some of our just brands we're familiar with vendors we've seen. So, um, we, we don't give any preference to any of them. It's just the, like one screen does outdoor advertising. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to build it. So it's way easier to connect through a marketplace, uh, and actually I get into predictive modeling around like traffic patterns of the specific types of buyers you're looking to reach. And then they can actually target ad campaigns based on those traffic patterns. So there's, there's just such fascinating stuff. There's so many areas and it kind of leads me to wrap this up with how to get started. And the thing I would say is know what you're currently doing in advertising and start by saying, okay, how can we be more efficient in the things we already do and maybe improve our performance, our conversion rates, our cost of, you know, cost per lead or whatever it may be. And, and then the second step is what aren't we doing? What, what could AI unlock for us that we're not even thinking about? And that's where, you know, you just, you really need to understand what AI is and what it's capable of doing to ask that second question, because until you understand it, you may not even have the frame of reference to, to know, like if you didn't know Dolly two and imagine we're a thing and that AI could create images from text prompts, you would never know to even factor that into what you're doing. So that would be my kind of two tips. What would you say, Mike, in terms of how to take this podcast episode, maybe go do something with it. You know, yeah, tomorrow. I think um, I think I would check out that a good place to start, you know, shameless plug, but I actually think it is the best place to start is our pillar page, which will be in the show notes um, yeah. on AI for advertising. The reason I say that is because it actually lists out probably 10 different bullets of what AI can do today, like allocate budget, write ad copy, whatever. I actually think it'd be really smart to just go take a quick look at that list. And if you're doing one of those things, then start looking into some of the tools we mentioned later in that post, or just start doing your own research on, you know, AI for ad budget allocation or whatever. Um, I really think that that could be a good way for you to start seeing, oh my gosh, there's 10 tools that do some crazy stuff for this use case that I already have. Yeah. And I guess if it's just ad budget, like it's hard to manage ad spend across different channels and, you know, it's, so in other words, it's, it's pretty easy to get started in AI for advertising because there's so many use cases and so many that are very practical. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, hopefully this has been valuable to you. This is the similar format we're going to do for the, uh, the rest of them. So we would have, as I open my book to see our <laughs> list. So we're going to have, um, next week will be analytics and AI. Then we'll do communications, PR and AI content marketing, customer service and experience, e-commerce email marketing, sales, SEO, social media. Those are going to be the 10 episodes we'll do tied to this. And in the meantime, go grab a copy of the book. Um, You can kind of follow along as we go through these. And um, yeah, so hope it's been valuable. Mike, thanks as always. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, um, be curious, explore AI and uh, check out the book, marketingaibook.com. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Marketing AI Show. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you're ready to continue your learning, head over to marketingaiinstitute.com. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, check out our free monthly webinars, and explore dozens of online courses and professional certifications. Until next time, stay curious and explore AI.